just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Friday. More specifically, it's January 6th, 2023. And today is a rather momentous day. First of all, today at noon will be the fourth day that the House of Representatives has attempted to elect a Speaker of the House. I had Ed on yesterday, and when we wrapped things up yesterday afternoon, the House had already gone through eight ballots. In all eight ballots, Kevin McCarthy lost. And if that weren't bad enough, after that, they had three more ballots, a total of 11 ballots. And of course, Kevin McCarthy lost every time, getting anywhere from 200 to 201 votes, which is no good because you need 218 votes to be elected to the Speaker of the House. On the other hand, Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader, he got 212 votes each and every time in all 11 elections, which shows solidarity and unity amongst the Democratic Party. Everybody in the Democratic Party voted for Hakeem Jeffries. And that really is the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats and what's going to happen in the coming couple of years. There is no unity in the Republican Party. They aren't going to be able to agree on anything. The Democrats, on the other hand, they do have unity, so they will have more power ultimately. We'll be talking more about that in a few moments here. But this is also the second anniversary of the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. That was one of the most horrific days in our country's history when these toothless, redneck country fucks attacked our U.S. Capitol, tried to overturn an election and overthrow our country. But it wasn't just those people attacking the U.S. Capitol. It was the other people that were involved, the higher-ups, people in Congress, people like Paul, Paul Gosar, Lauren Boebert, Jim Jordan, uh, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all of those fucking people. They were behind it, and uh, these people are about ready to get exposed. The DOJ is looking into what's happening uh, during January 6th, and we can expect to see some indictments. Now, the fact of the matter is, is we are going to see some indictments, it turns out, in the next six to eight weeks in the next couple of months. It'll be more likely for the Mar-a-Lago top secret documents. The January 6th committee released 845 pages of a report and a ton of evidence. It's going to take the DOJ a little longer to go through that. But get ready. Some things are starting to pop. The very interesting thing about this being the anniversary of the January 6th insurrection Think about those names I just said, Paul Gozar, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, and the like. They were largely responsible for the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Maybe one of the scariest days we've had in Washington, D.C. Well, now, as much as that is an important anniversary and something we need to address and never forget and pay proper tribute to. We have another assault on our political process, our government. And that's what's going on in the House of Representatives. The Republicans got a slim majority. They thought they had all the power, but they don't have the unity. So they really don't have that much power. And right now they're trying to elect a Speaker of the House and they're not having much luck. This is causing the House of Representatives to be essentially paralyzed. Nothing is going on in the House of Representatives. This poses some security problems as well as some other issues. It just makes sense that the Republicans would take control and do absolutely nothing. That's what's happening here. But the real interesting thing about what's going on today in comparison to what was going on two years ago on January 6, 2021, 
Remember all those names I told you that were part of this whole attack on the U.S. Capitol? Yeah, funny thing is, those same names are the same people that are causing this problem in the U.S. House of Representatives today. Paul Gozar, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, all these motherfuckers, Jim Jordan. Same people that were behind the attack of the U.S. Capitol are also behind what's going on in the U.S. House of Representatives today. That seems a little problematic, doesn't it? That seems kind of weird. You see how all this is coming together. And that's where the DOJ comes in. They are going to expose these people, ultimately. And we will see um, who did what. And we'll see how they are held accountable. Now, what's going on in the uh, House of Representatives isn't technically illegal. But it is dangerous to our country. It is dangerous to the House of Representatives. But what we're seeing in the House of Representatives is actually a result of the things they did on January 6, 2021. They thought they'd overthrow the government and they would have power. Didn't turn out that way. They win a slim majority in the House of Representatives, and they're all about, okay, we got the power now, we're going to kick some ass. But for whatever reason, they can't come together and decide anything, so the power they presumed is really not there. I mean, the Democrats are showing quite a bit of unity. The Republicans are showing no unity, and as long as they don't have unity, they don't have power. That brings up something else that's happening today. And I hear a lot of people talking about this, and they're so nervous about it. Oh, my God, it's going to change everything. It's going to be horrible. And that is that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to hear a lawsuit, a case called um, Brunson. You've heard people talk about this. This is a court case uh, regarding uh, the election fraud alleged by Republicans. A lot of people are worried about this, and I'll tell you up front, don't worry about it. It's a bullshit fucking lawsuit. If the Supreme Court does anything with it, there's going to be such an uproar. It's ridiculous. And it's not really important enough to talk about here at the front of the show. So toward the end of the show, I'll kind of explain to you what's going on there based on what I see in the lawsuit. But I can tell you this, it's just more bullshit. Don't worry about this Brunson case. You don't see it in the media. It's not because people are trying to hide it. It's because it's a fucking joke. And anybody that tells you, oh, no, here comes the Brunson case. There's going to be all kinds of problems. Fuck you. That's bullshit. All right. Let's get to some emails. I whined about emails a few days ago. Now I'm getting all kinds of emails. You shouldn't have done that. Now I've learned a lesson. All I have to do is whine a bit. And you guys react, just like Pavlog's dog. Thank you, though. I I can use the emails. It's always wonderful to hear from you. Now, this first email is great. It comes from Joshua. And the first thing he does is promote somebody else's podcast. I'm kidding. I I, I get it. and, And he's talking about Tony Michael's podcast. He's been on the show a couple of times. Love Tony. Anyway, this is how the email goes. He says, Mike, today, Tony Michaels of the Tony Michaels podcast made a comment that I had not considered, and I found it interesting. If true, I think the Speaker of the House election could play out as you have theorized in the past. You had posed a scenario where the Democrats may end up choosing the Speaker of the House. Tony speculated that the America First Nazi Party doesn't even want a Speaker of the House. It kind of makes sense because they're trying to burn our institutions down. They're still hoping to figure out a way to stage another coup attempt. They want dysfunction. If this indeed is their strategy, then of course they will not be successful because at some point the Democrats will pick up or pick the speaker because the Democrats care for the safety of the people and the proper function of the institution. I suspect that the Democrats, once finished, With humiliating, the Republicans will collectively decide that the children need a little push and will nominate nominate a Republican that can get to 218 votes. 
they probably have already identified who they would nominate. Keep up the good work, Mike. We appreciate you, Joshua. Yeah, this is something I threw out there a while ago. And, you know, I didn't come out of, come out with it out of my head. I'm reading and I'm hearing people talking about things. And there already is a, a name that the Democrats would probably find palatable. There's a gentleman by the name, and, and I talked about it with Ed in the previous podcast, but I'll, I'll say it again. And I, I don't even know if they're going to go this way. I don't even know if the Democrats have any plans to do it. But if we keep going the way we're going, we don't have a Speaker of the House, and essentially we don't have a House of Representatives. And that is problematic for our government and for this country and our country's security. So at some point, a decision has to be made. And if Kevin McCarthy just keeps running and running and keeps losing and losing, well, that's just spinning their wheels and wasting time and putting our country in a bad position, which seems to be their specialty. They love doing that. But what I heard is a possible concept. You know, a lot of people think, well, Tell the Republicans just to give Hakeem Jeffries six votes and Hakeem Jeffries will be the Speaker of the House. Now, that would be nice. I'll grant you that, but that'll never happen. Any Republican that votes for Hakeem Jeffries, that's like signing your death warrant. You are not going to do well in the Republican Party if you were to do that. The other option is what I talked about, is that somehow the Republicans come up with a more palatable candidate and everybody says, yeah, but who? They're all Trump No, they're not all Trump But there is a name that they floated that actually makes some sense. His name is Fred Upton. He was a representative in the House of Representatives, but he retired after his last term here in 2022. Part of the reason he retired is because he is one of the Republican representatives who voted to impeach Donald Trump he was probably going to have a hard time getting reelected anyway. But he voted to impeach Donald Trump. He's also a very moderate Republican, and he seems to be a decent guy. Now, the story I hear is that uh, someone in the Republican Party wants to bounce the idea of getting Fred Upton in as Speaker of the House. And it wouldn't be that hard to do, because as we know, the... um, Democrats have either 212 or 213 votes. I never understood why uh, Hakeem Jeffries only gets 212 votes because I swear they have 213 seats. The only possible explanation is that Hakeem Jeffries isn't voting for himself. I don't know that that's true. Maybe I'm wrong. It's 212. Nonetheless, the deal would be this. The Republicans would come to them and say, look, we're going to elect Fred Upton, we need your 212 votes. We'll get six votes. We'll have 218. Fred will be the Speaker of the House, and it's a good option for the Democrats. Now, in order to do something like that, there's going to have to be some horse trading. They're going to have to give the Democrats something. And one of the things I heard they were talking about giving the Democrats is the guarantee that every committee would have an equal number of Republicans and Democrats. Now, given that the Democrat or the Republicans have a majority in the House, that wouldn't be the case. Technically, on every committee, the Republicans would have more uh, members than the Democrats. But this would even it out. It would be a 50-50 split in each of the committees. And to give you a sense of what that means is, in the last session in the Senate, we had a 50-50 split. So every committee in the Senate had a 50-50 split in the committees, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but it kind of is because all these bills and all these things that people ultimately vote on have to go through these committees. And if you have a 50-50 split, the counterpart can kind of block it. So it makes it tougher to get through the committees. So if in the House we had an even split, even though we don't have the majority, meaning the Democrats, it would make it tougher to get through committees, which would be a nice concession by the Republicans in order to get their 212 votes. And maybe there might be some other things that the Democrats would be offered. Now, nobody said that that's what's going to be done, but something does have to be done. 
You know, they just keep pounding their head against the wall, keep putting up Kevin McCarthy. I've heard talk that they worked out some kind of deal. Unfortunately, I don't know that there's any deal they can work out. There's a total of 20 people, 21 people voting against Kevin McCarthy. He can only give up four people. So he's 16 people over the limit. But even if you got 15 of the people to side with him based on any deal, there's still a group of five that seem like they aren't going to vote for him under any circumstances. They don't really care whether it's a shit show or not. In fact, I think that's their preference. So I don't see Kevin McCarthy has a path to become the Speaker of the House. And ultimately, they are going to have to do something. I suspect after the next couple of uh, votes, and if it goes the same way as poss- as it has, people will be starting to shift away from Kevin McCarthy and trying to look for some other answers. And then that's where we might see the moderates going to the Democrats and seeing if we can work something out. Now, they may never do that, but it does seem like a viable option. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what happens with that. It'll be interesting nonetheless. All right, we've got a couple more emails. This one comes from Trevor. You'll remember him. He's been on the show a couple times. Dear Mike, I can't believe that Kevin McCarthy can't see the picture that he's losing for the seventh and possibly the eighth time. Obviously, he sent this earlier in the day yesterday. I was watching the video at work, and I was like, 13 other people aren't going to vote for him, and I'm like, 2023 is starting to become a great freaking year. Matt Gates even nominated Trump to be the House Speaker, but I'm like, who in their right minds would vote for these ass clowns, a.k.a. trump Kevin, throw in the towel and go fuck Trump. <laughs> well, Trevor, you should speak up and speak your mind. <laughs> well, I have to concur with what you've said. It's, it's all become a big joke, and uh, Matt Gates comes in, and he decides he's going to nominate Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump, when he did that, that was just kind of a uh, a show because that's all that these Trump fucks are doing is putting on a show. They're not accomplishing anything. And maybe they were trying to placate Donald Trump because Donald Trump is easily manipulated. We know that Donald Trump has supported Kevin McCarthy, but Matt Gaetz is against Kevin McCarthy. So maybe they're presuming that Donald Trump is angry with the 20 that are voting against Kevin McCarthy. So they thought they'd throw his name in the mix. Now, when you do that to Donald Trump, you throw his name in the mix. Oh, wait, I'm getting attention? Cool. I like those guys now. That's probably what that was about. I know there's always been a fear that Donald Trump will run for Speaker of the House, and if he gets it, oh, my God, all is, all is lost. Let me tell you something. There is no way in hell Donald Trump would get 218 votes if he ran for Speaker of the House. His name was put up, and he got one or two votes. That's about all he's going to get. All the moderates and all the conservatives want to be as far away from Donald Trump as they can. There is no way that he's getting 218 votes. So do not worry about that. All right, this next one comes from Eric he says, hi, Mike. As I write this email, the House has just finished the eighth vote and still no speaker. I'm enjoying the Republicans looking completely useless and ineffective. I think the Democrats are doing the right thing by not saving the Republicans from themselves. The concessions that the Democrats should require if they do help elect Republican speaker should be huge. I think at a bare minimum, it should be no mega Republicans as committee chairs, equal seats in committees, No frivolous investigations into Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's laptop, Dr. Fauci, etc. A hard guarantee that they won't shut down the government. Some rule modification to undo some of Kevin's bad deals and possibly a promise to codify Roe. (laughs) You're kind of tough bargainer there. I don't know that they could get all those things, but if they could, it would certainly be worth it. The more moderate Republicans have to realize that until they move past Kevin McCarthy, they won't get a speaker. All the gang of 20 want is chaos, as proven by the vote for Trump, etc. They are getting what they want, and there is no concessions or speaker options that will please them. 
The only way forward is probably bipartisan. The moderate Republicans might even have to support Representative Jeffries. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I, you know, as, as much as there might be some moderate Republicans um, uh, may want to do that, I just don't think they will. And, you know, I think they made, he made a very important point. This gang of twenty or this gang of five with Matt Gates, I don't. They've they've all been asked. Well, who do you want for Speaker of the House? And they never answer. And frankly, I don't think they have a choice for Speaker of the House. If there must be a Speaker of the House, they want total control of the Speaker of the House so that they can control things and and make the decisions. Now, Kevin McCarthy has given away all kinds of concessions to these gang of 20, but he has a problem. As much as he's given away these concessions and weakening the uh, Speaker of the House, nobody trusts Kevin. They think Kevin will tell them whatever they want to hear and then just do what, what he wants, and I think that's justified. Kevin McCarthy isn't the most honorable guy. He's a gutless piece of shit. So, if he's making the concessions, but they don't trust him, what's the fucking point? Why are we continuing to have Kevin McCarthy running for the Speaker of the House? What we're seeing in the House right now is kind of good to watch for the Democrats. As much as it's a shit show and a clown show and it's entertaining, there has to come a point where we get a Speaker of the House. We can't continue with having the House of Representatives inoperative or paralyzed. That's not going to be good for the country. That's not going to be good for all of us. So at some point, it has to be fixed. And that's why, as I said earlier, maybe saner minds will come in and they'll work something out with the Democrats and get a normal Speaker of the House, maybe a less partisan Speaker of the House. And that's something I talked to Ed about in the previous podcast. Maybe... Maybe the Speaker of the House should be nonpartisan or at least bipartisan so that they can do the job of running the House of Representatives, making sure everybody's in line and doing what they should be doing, as opposed to one side having this, this power in the Speaker's chair and getting away with everything. I mean, let's be honest, the, the most important thing we can get out of our House and at our Senate is that they do their jobs the way they're supposed to. And clearly the House of Representatives has some issues with that. So maybe the way we've had uh, speakers of the House hasn't worked. Maybe somebody who is um, objective, who focuses on the rules of the House and makes sure everybody is following those rules. I mean, we knew what happened when Kevin McCarthy was a minority leader and all his fucking idiots representatives that he oversaw were doing crazy, outrageous, even illegal shit, and he never addressed it because he was their buddy. They represent his, his uh, minority. And if he did call them out, then it was going to weaken his position. So he didn't. So that means anybody in the House of Representatives got away with, that, with whatever they wanted. This is something we've seen as a problem in the uh, Supreme Court, too. This is the thing. This is the problem with our government. We have all these theoretical rules that people in the House, in the Senate, in the Supreme Court are supposed to follow. But they aren't hard and fast rules. They're certainly not laws. And apparently there is no accountability if somebody goes rogue and goes past those norms. We're seeing it every day in the House, the Senate. We saw it in the Oval Office and we see it in the Supreme Court. So that's a bigger problem that we have to address and we have to fix. All right, the, the last one comes from V. Mike, like all Democrats, I've enjoyed the clown show that the Republican Party tried to elect Speaker of the House. The Republicans are showing the whole country how dysfunctional and weak they are. They are reaping what they've sown. The Freedom Caucus is intentionally causing chaos to install their own agenda and power. 
I hope the Democrats have a plan. I do, too. They can't allow these clowns to have power. I hope the moderate Republicans nominate someone that the Democrats can get behind and together elect a speaker that will give zero committee assignments to those Freedom Caucus clowns. They need to stop these insurrectionists in their tracks. I saw a few videos on TikTok by leftists connecting the dots on how Roger Stone, Jenny Thomas, and others were trying to do some behind-the-scenes maneuvering, and that's pretty worrisome. I just hope whatever they have planned blows up in their faces. I love how the Democrats are so united and have made so many great statements and also highlighted all the accomplishments they've had in the past two years. I just hope they get in front of the GQP shenanigans and come out the victors in some form. Thanks, V. Well, you're absolutely right. There doesn't seem to be any end game to these Trumplefucks. End game being electing a Speaker of the House. They are agents of chaos. And like I told Ed in the previous podcast, I liken it to something Donald Trump did after the election in 2020. Remember this, he went over to the DOJ and the DOJ said, there's no election fraud. And Donald Trump said, it's okay, just say there was election fraud and I'll take it from there. And that's what these people are doing in the House of Representatives. They're just throwing up some uncertainty, some chaos, and then they're going to try to control the narrative and somehow come out on the winning end. Well, we've watched this for six years, and guess what? They've never won. And apparently these fucking clowns don't learn a lesson because they aren't going to win again. At some point, there has to be a Speaker of the House. Who that will be and when that will be, I don't know. But the longer we wait, the more problematic it is for the House of Representatives and this country. It's going to be interesting to see what happens today because we're getting to that point where people are getting frustrated. That uh, we've gone through at the time of recording this particular particular podcast, we've had 11 ballots, all of which Kevin McCarthy has lost by anywhere between 16 and 18 votes. I mean, he's not even close. He's got a long road to hoe if he wants to get those people voting for him. And as I've said earlier, even if he gets part of them or most of them to vote his way, I really believe that the five that Matt Gates is leading, I don't know exactly who it is, Matt Gates, Paul Gosar, Marjorie, uh, not Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, and some of these others, if they have five people that just refuse to vote for Kevin McCarthy, He will never get elected. And at some point, the Republicans have to say, okay, we've done this. It's not working. We've got to try something different. The big problem for the Republicans is they can't come together on this. They'll never find anybody where they can elect somebody with 218 votes. There is nobody. Steve Scalise, they threw that name out there. That's not going to work. Donald Trump's not going to work. None of these other clowns um, like Donald or or uh, Hearn or whoever they're talking about, none of them can garner enough votes. The main thing they have to do is they've got to get Kevin McCarthy to say, fucking stop. You're out of this. We've got to get somebody elected. You've had plenty of chances, and nobody wants you. But see, Kevin McCarthy's kind of like the Republicans in general the past six years. Don't believe what you hear. Don't believe what you see. It's all a hoax. It's all fake news. Just go with what I tell you. Just trust. We'll keep doing the votes, and eventually I'll get voted in. They keep talking about, like, Yesterday, coming into yesterday in the morning, everybody said, it sounds like they got a deal. There was no deal. There was no changes in the numbers during the votes. And they're saying it today, too. Well, sounds like they might have a deal. I don't think they'll ever get to a deal. They might get some to go over to Kevin McCarthy, but I don't think they'll ever get the five. And those five is one too many for Kevin McCarthy. He can only give away four votes. Anything beyond four votes, Kevin McCarthy loses. And if those five people refuse to to, uh, um, vote for him, 
he's never going to get elected. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. But I think the important thing today, um, given the anniversary of the attack on the U.S. Capitol, we need to take time and pay tribute and remember what happened on that January 6th. That was a momentous day. That was a frightening day. I remember sitting right where I'm sitting right now, watching the Capitol being attacked. My wife was with me, and she was having trouble keeping watching it. She was amazed. She was appalled by it. She was scared, but it was kind of like a train wreck. you got to watch it, but you don't want to watch it. That was a very important day in our history. We cannot forget that. We've got to address that. Today, that's far more important than this shit show that's going on in the House of Representatives. They'll probably go through this day and not, still not get a Speaker of the House. So let's remember what happened on January 6th and keep our fingers crossed that finally somebody will be fucking held accountable for it, that the DOJ will do what they're supposed to do. Now, there's talk coming out of the DOJ that they're expecting to make some decisions on indictments over the next six to eight weeks, so a couple of months. The likelihood, um, the likelihood is that it's going to be regarding the Mar-a-Lago top-secret documents. That's the easiest one to come out with as quickly as that. The January 6th committee thing, like I said, that's going to be a different deal because the J6 committee put out an 845-page um, report and all kinds of evidence. It's going to take the DOJ to consume that and process that and incorporate that in their own investigation. So it would appear that we're going to see some activity against Donald Trump and those people around him for the top-secret documents in the next couple of months. Let's keep our Fingers crossed and hope that's the case. And then sometime shortly after that, we should see some actions on the January 6th insurrection. So we've got some things to look forward to. If you're a Republican out there or a naysayer who happens to be a Democrat that says Donald Trump will never be held accountable, nobody will ever be held accountable, I guarantee you, you're wrong. There's going to be quite a a fucking shit show going on with indictments. Not just Donald Trump, the people around Donald Trump, sitting members of Congress. It's going to get crazy in the next six months, and that will carry through all the way to 2024 and will virtually make it impossible for any Republican to win the presidency in 2024. Okay, we're going to talk more about what's going on with the House of Representatives. But first, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right, let's talk a little more in depth about what happened yesterday in the House of Representatives as they went through five ballots trying to get Kevin McCarthy to be elected Speaker of the House to no avail. Representative Kevin McCarthy hoped changes to procedure in the House of Representatives could win over the Republicans blocking his path to become Speaker, but it didn't work on Thursday. You have to understand, Kevin McCarthy gave away the store. He gave away pretty much every power that the Speaker of the House has just to get that title. And that is not a good decision, especially since even by doing that, it changed nothing. He got no more votes by making those concessions. He should know this by now. The Democrats have learned this about the Republicans. Every time there's a bill going on and they're debating the bill, Republicans will say, you need to take that out. You need to add this. We want this different. We don't want this. We do want that. They go through that whole procedure in the Senate, for example. They make their suggestions, and the Democrats make their concessions. But then when it comes to the vote, they don't vote for it anyway. We should know. Well, we do, as far as Democrats go, know how the Republicans behave. But you would think the Republicans themselves would understand that. But Kevin is so desperate to get this job, he will give away anything. And they still don't vote for him. Yesterday, there were five additional rounds of votes, and it revealed nothing new. 
the same holdouts who refused to support McCarthy all week are just sticking to their guns. There were no changes. No matter what Kevin McCarthy offered, they voted the same. Now, members of the right-wing House Freedom Caucus have sunk McCarthy in 11 straight votes this week, so the California Republican and his allies have been scrambling to mollify them in a series of closed-door meetings. And like I say, every time they come out, they go, oh, they might have a deal worked out. Always ends up no deal. Though McCarthy is unlikely to beat the 133 votes it took Massachusetts' Nathaniel Prentice Bank to win the Speaker's gavel in 1856, he now holds the record for having the most tallies since William Pennington of New Jersey, who needed 44 to become Speaker in 1860. Now, one idea McCarthy offered overnight would be to empower individual lawmakers to file a motion to vacate the chair, forcing what would essentially be a vote of no confidence that could oust the Speaker. Another proposal would seat members to the Freedom Caucus on Influential House Rules Committee, according to a source familiar with the discussions. So these Freedom Caucus want this motion to vacate, which basically means one guy can stand up and say, I don't like McCarthy. Let's have a, uh, a no-confidence vote. And if that no-confident vote goes against uh, Kevin McCarthy or any speaker at that point, they'd be gone. And then they'd have to go through this process again and get somebody else in there. Um, and then, of course, they want to be seated. All these crazy fucks want to be seated at the most influential committees, maybe even chairmanships. And Kevin McCarthy is so desperate, he'll give them anything they want. But if he does that, he has some problems. The Freedom Caucus is basically going to treat Kevin McCarthy like a puppet, or they will remove him because now they have the power to do that. McCarthy has yet another problem with this, too. The more more he leans to the crazy, those moderates that have been voting for him are going to say, yeah, you know, we don't really like that. We're going to pull our votes now. So even if they were, even if he was able to get the, the uh, crazies votes, he may lose some of the moderates' votes. I mean, he really has no path to winning this. He's got to swing between two extremes. And you just can't do that and please everyone. It's just not going to happen. Now, Representative Brian Fitzpatrick, a McCarthy ally, emerged from the Speaker's office Thursday morning describing the motion to vacate offer as a clarification rather than a concession. Oh, sure. Yeah. These are discussions over rules that most people don't even understand, Fitzpatrick told Huffington Post. Fitzpatrick said he thought they ought to adjourn until next week rather than hold another doomed vote. Well, that didn't happen. The only things that changed Thursday were that Representative Matt Gates voted for former President Donald Trump for Speaker instead of Byron Donalds, while Representative Lauren Boebert trolled the House by announcing she'd vote for Kevin, except she meant Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma. The change votes had no effect on the outcome for McCarthy. Either way, it was a no vote for McCarthy. McCarthy had 20 Republicans, sometimes 21 Republicans, voting against him. Remember, he can only give up four. You've got a slim majority in the House of Representatives. The Republicans have four seats in their majority. Anything above four votes takes Kevin McCarthy down. So when I'd watch all these tallies, I'd only have to watch for like the first 15 minutes. And when Donald or anybody else that might have been nominated was up there, once that amount amounted to five votes, we knew that Kevin McCarthy was done. It was all over. McCarthy had already offered a bunch of rule changes that failed to mollify the Never Kevin group. He had previously proposed to reduce the threshold for a motion to vacate from half the conference to just five members, uh, for example, and, and for lawmakers to have 72 hours to review legislation before a vote. But the Freedom Caucus Chair Scott Perry 
who's got some problems of his own with regards to the insurrection. You remember they took his phone, the FBI did, who was intimately involved in the former President Donald Trump's attempt to use the Justice Department to overthrow the 2020 election. He said even McCarthy's proposal for a five-member-driven motion to vacate would shield him from accountability. Perry and 19 other far-right Republicans joined all Democrats in voting against McCarthy because they want a speaker who will refuse to move any legislation that lacks full Republican support. So if the speaker wants to pass a bill avoiding a government shutdown or federal debt default this year, which would require cooperation with the Senate Democrats, any Freedom Caucus member could move to throw him out. See, it just goes to show exactly what we've been saying. They don't want to do anything for the country. They don't want to be productive. They don't want to do anything for the country or the people in it. They just want to shut things down, create chaos, create uncertainty. Because at the heart of it, these people want to destroy our government. Now that we know that, why in the world would we give them any more chances at doing that? Well, Kevin McCarthy's happy to do it because he just wants the fucking title. It's not clear whether the rule changes can win McCarthy the votes he needs, and it clearly doesn't look like it can. The Freedom Caucus thrives on chaos and confrontation. You know, they're all about publicity, looking like the tough guys. There's essentially 20 of them, and they love the fact that they have the power to control uh, the situation for the Republicans. If you want an example of what's going on here, this is like the Republicans have 20 Joe Manchins. So as much as we struggled as Democrats with Joe Manchin, that ain't shit compared to what the Republicans are now having to deal with. Ralph Norman, Representative Ralph Norman, said, we have no exit strategy. One of the anti-McCarthy Republicans told, uh, told reporters on Wednesday evening, there's nothing McCarthy can give me or any of our members that we are saying that's a magic number. Representative Patrick McHenry of North Carolina, a McCarthy ally, said lawmakers would likely return for more votes on Friday. Well, they are going to have some more votes today, starting at noon today. And will Kevin McCarthy be in the fray? Yeah, I suspect he will. I suspect they'll go another two or three votes with Kevin McCarthy. It's going to take them a while before they figure this out, but Kevin McCarthy does not have a path to get to the speaker's, uh, Speaker of the House position. Like I said, there's at least five people that just refuse to vote for him under any circumstances. So what's the point of continuing this? It really comes down to Kevin McCarthy's own ego. He thinks somehow, some way, that it's going to turn around and he's going to get elected. But the fact of the matter is, is even if he does get elected, he'll be the weakest Speaker of the House in the history of the country. Which is weird, coming out of Nancy Pelosi, who is probably the strongest, most powerful Speaker of the House in the history of this country. Now, incoming members of Congress and intelligent experts have warned that the delay over electing a House Speaker could put national security at risk and raise concerns among U.S. allies. And that's an important thing. As much as we as Democrats are sitting back and laughing at the Republicans floundering and continuing this shit show, in the not-too-distant future, it's going to spell trouble for this country. It's going to cause some security risk to this country. So we do need for them to come up with a Speaker of the House or the Democrats in conjunction with a small faction of the Republicans coming up with a Speaker of the House. Until we have a Speaker of the House, the House doesn't really exist. There are no rules. Nobody can be sworn into office. That's the new electees, those people being sworn into leadership positions. Nobody can be sworn in. There's essentially no rules in the House of Representatives. It's like the fucking Old West there. And we can see it going on now as we watch TV. One thing you may have noticed as you're watching the coverage on television, you're seeing a bunch of cameras all over the place. They're sweeping the room. You never saw that before in the House of Representatives because there were rules that the media had to follow. Well, since we don't have an operating House of Representatives, there ain't no more rules. 
So as much as it's fun to watch these people destroy themselves, at some point very soon, we've got to get a handle on this and get things working the way they're supposed to be working. The Biden administration is going to going unchecked and there is no oversight of the White House. So the White House has got free reign too. the State Department, Department of Defense and the intelligence community. This was said by Representatives Mike Turner of Ohio, Mike Rogers uh, and Michael McCall of Texas, the presumptive chairs of the House committees on intelligence. This is the ironic thing. You know, they want to have their hands all over everything. They want these people to be accountable. But as long as they continue to fuck around with this, they've got no oversight. These people can run wild if they want to. Thankfully, the Democrats are in charge, so it's not going to get too crazy. Thursday, in a joint statement, um, they said, we cannot let personal politics place the safety and security of the United States at risk. They also said they strongly support Kevin McCarthy for House Speaker. McCarthy has been the House Republican leader, but the 2022 midterm elections tipped control of the House from the Democrats to the GOP. As of Thursday afternoon, a group of hardline Republicans had kept McCarthy from being elected 11 times. Now, because lawmakers cannot be sworn in until the speaker is elected, committees cannot begin their work. Nobody can do anything. The um, House of Representatives, for all intents and purposes, is stymied. Representative Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin said he was not allowed to enter a meeting with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff because he was informed by House security that he did not yet have proper clearance (laughs) because we have no Speaker of the House. He said if the extremely small group of legislators are able to hold Congress and indeed the country hostage to their unreasonable demands, then that can potentially create a major risk for American aid, American defense, and diplomatic spending, Brett Brune, a former U.S. diplomat, said. Brune also warned that the U.S. allies could be alarmed by the unpredictability of the House. This, I think, exacerbates the already weakened confidence that our allies have in American leadership and in our democracy. Well, we know that's what uh, the Republicans did. They made us a laughing stock uh, throughout the world and made people a little worried about working with us. Because, frankly, when the Republicans were in charge, the United States of America was a little fucking sketchy. And right now, with what's going on in the House of Representatives, not allowing us to do anything, that kind of puts us back in it. <clears throat> so it's going to be... It's going to become a problem here very soon. As much as it's hilarious, as much as it's fun to watch these fuckers flounder and flail, we've got to get this straightened out, even if it is Kevin McCarthy. And theoretically, it could be Kevin McCarthy. Now, he's not the best choice. But I'll be honest with you. If Kevin McCarthy does end up being the Speaker of the House, the fact that he's weakened himself as much as he has, I think this works in in a way to benefit the Democrats, because you still have the uh, conservative and or the moderate Republicans that don't want anything to do with MAGA. Kevin McCarthy will have his strings pulled by MAGA, but there isn't enough MAGA to get anything passed. So either the Republicans in the House of Representatives will do nothing, or the more reasonably-minded folks will say, well, we've got to do something. Let's work with the Democrats. I've said this a number of times, and people have said, you're crazy. That will never happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen because these people won't want to align themselves with the MAGA group. They know it's a loser. They know it costs them the midterms. They know it's going to cost them the 2024 elections. They have to do something different, and the only option is to try to work with the Democrats. And let's be honest, that's what should be happening in the House of Representatives and the Senate. That's the reason why there are two parties. That's the reason we have these two bodies. So there is some negotiation and compromise. It's just since the Republicans have whipped things up when Donald Trump became president, and it's very obstructive. 
nobody agrees with anybody. Everybody takes their side, and it's a big, uh, it's a big standoff. That's not what these bodies are supposed to be. So maybe MAGA and Kevin McCarthy, should he become Speaker of the House or somebody like him, and, and they're weak, maybe this will be the impetus for actually trying to get things back to relative normal in the House of Representatives. I mean, I wouldn't count on it, but at least we're headed the right way. Now, you probably remember Stop the Steel organizer Ali Alexander He is the leader of the Proud Boys. He threatened to expose some unspecified crime that he claims Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene committed. Marjorie Taylor Greene is an interesting study. She thought she was doing the right thing. She put all her eggs in one basket. She thought for sure Kevin McCarthy would become Speaker of the House, so she sidled up next to him because she knew she could control him. And once he became Speaker of the House, she'd have all kinds of power. But things aren't going so well for Kevin McCarthy. That means she has no power. She's already staked her claim with Kevin McCarthy, so now her buddies in the Freedom Caucus hate her too. The moderates hate Marjorie Taylor Greene. Fact is, anybody with half a brain would hate Marjorie Taylor Greene, but even her own base can't stand her now. She went from being powerful to being weak as fuck, and that's where she is right now. And apparently it's pissing off Ali Alexander. The right-wing agitator stepped up his attack on Georgia Republican, whose support for Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker opened a rift with Representative Lauren Boebert with an apparent blackmail threat and a string of misogynistic slurs, reported Right Wing Watch. This is what Alexander said, and I love his speech. He's trying to be so proper and so, I will not suffer this harlot. Alexander said on his Telegram page, I will not be taught vows and loyalty, commitment from a whore. (laughs) You've got me mistaken for some damn fool. A fool, Allie Alexander, has never been called. Well, Allie, there was the time when you attacked the U.S. Capitol and you were arrested and put in jail. And now you're on trial for seditious conspiracy. Now, I don't know if I'd call you a fool based on that, but it was a fool's errand for you to do that. It was clearly wrong. And maybe I can't call you a fool, but I certainly can call you a fucking treasonous. So don't don't come at us with this holier-than-thou bullshit because you're an idiot and you're going to jail. Alexander, who faces his own legal troubles over his role in planning the rally that preceded the January 6th insurrection, did not provide any details about the crime as yet, uh, the crime that Green allegedly committed. But he said it occurred in Georgia and could result in her expulsion from Congress. Well, we have people trying to overthrow our government. They didn't get expelled, so this must be pretty egregious. I can't wait till he tells us. What he's trying to do is he's trying to bridle Marjorie Taylor Greene. And let's be honest, Marjorie Taylor Greene is not going to be bridled. It's not that she's so strong, it's that she's so stupid. So once again, we're seeing these people who were tightly bonded January 6th and henceforth. But now they're eating their own. They're threatening their own. They're fighting with their own. And I'm enjoying seeing this because the more this happens, as I've said, the more it weakens the Republican Party. And frankly, a weak Republican Party is exactly what we need in this country. In the coming days, I'm going to reveal that Marjorie Taylor Greene, in my summation and the summation of lawyers, committed to a crime, Alexander said. That crime is going to be handed to the state of Georgia. And the state of Georgia will decide whether they adjudicate that crime or not. The House Ethics Committee and House Rules Committee must expel Marjorie Taylor Greene when this evidence comes to light. I love how this guy talks. Like I say, he's holier than thou. 
but I picture him in a camo outfit, some goofy fucking hat, and parading around with these cosplay army men, the Proud Boys. And we're supposed to take you seriously. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Marjorie Taylor Greene did commit some crimes, but so did you. If you got something on Marjorie Taylor Greene and we can take her down, bring it, bring it. But we're going to take you down, too, so... He goes on to say, ho, go home. I am done with you. (laughs) You're a lukewarm and I'm spitting you out of my mouth. You played me and no more. Everyone will know about your drunken night because the consultants who have drunk with you will have to choose whether they fear me or whether they fear you. And they fear fear me, Marge. They fear me a lot more than they fear you. Mr. Tough Guy who's going to fucking prison. I love it when these two idiots go to a fight. I'm, I'm going to truly enjoy watch these people tear each other apart, expose one another, and destroy one another. Because as much as whatever he may have on Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'm assuming she has on him. But the problem with it, as each of them expose one another, they expose themselves and they get themselves in trouble. But they're too stupid to understand that. We've seen it for six years, so get ready. (laughs) Allie Alexander's pissed. Oh my gosh, whatever will we do? Okay, now, in the elections, in the 11 elections, there was all kinds of shit going down. And I mentioned before, former President Donald Trump received only one vote on Thursday after he was nominated for speaker by Representative Matt Gates ahead of the 11th round of voting. Trump was one of four people nominated in the round. When the votes were tallied, he trailed Hakeem Jeffries, Kevin McCarthy, and Kevin Hearn, among others. The lone Trump vote among the anti-McCarthy holdouts will surely further the notion among Trump's critics that he has lost influence in the party. There is no question any power that he had in the Republican Party is gone. He is weak at this point. You remember back a few months when people said, oh no, Donald Trump is going to run for Speaker of the House. Oh, he's going to get elected. Whatever will we do? And I told you it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He can't get 218 votes. There's too many moderates and conservatives that want to be as far away from Donald Trump as they can. I mean, Donald Trump came into the Republican Party in 2016, and since that time, they haven't won a single fucking election. They've done nothing but lose, lose, lose. So you think they want to hitch their wagon to him again? Come on. I mean, Republicans are stupid, but they're not fucking ignorant. Hearn, who was not present for the vote, beat the former president by six votes. Trump lost to others by 11, while one Republican voted present. Gates was the only member to vote for the 45th president, who is a viable candidate as the U.S. Constitution does not require the Speaker to be a member of the House. Gates derided McCarthy as a merely a mere squatter in the Speaker's office as he nominated Trump. Yeah, see, that's that's become kind of a thing now, because Kevin McCarthy, even though he's not the Speaker, he did occupy the Speaker's office. A lot of people are giving him shit about that. You're not the Speaker yet. You can't set up camp in there. And I don't know if he can, and that's the least of our worries, but it just goes to show how petty these fucking Republicans are. He went on to say, we also have to restore the Speaker's office, an actual person who ought to be the Speaker in the Speaker's office, he said, not the squatter that is there. I would like to know what the basis is to allow somebody to occupy the Speaker's office who comes in second place 10 11 straight times. Is there some basis in law or rule or precedent for that? And so I nominate President Donald Trump because we must make our country great again. And he can start by making the House of Representatives great again. Now, Gates was heckled during the speech by Representative Steve Cohen, a Democrat from Tennessee, who shouted, he tried to overthrow our government. Just before he was nominated, Trump posted a meme on Truth Social of himself as a speaker. In the image, the former president was rubbing his stomach with his tongue out. Yeah, he's taking this seriously. He knows he has no chance of fucking winning that. 
it's it's all performative for these Republicans, especially somebody like Matt Gates. They're just trying to make a point. They're trying to own the Republicans as opposed to the libtards. You know, they've they've they, they've tried to own the libtards for so long, and uh, it really hasn't hasn't worked very well. All right, the last thing I want to talk about because it's really not worth talking about, but I hear people keep whining and crying about it. They're talking about this um, Supreme Court case that's coming up today. It's going to be heard today. It's Brunson versus Adams. Oh, Brunson's got a case, and if it happens, it's going to destroy all of our elections. Come on, it's bullshit. You know it. I know it. The Republicans know it, but they will try anything. This is some country fucks taking a case to the Supreme Court thinking they got something. I'm just going to read the first couple of paragraphs so you get a sense of what's going on. Uh, Statement of the case. This action is against 388 federal officers in their official capacities, which include President Joseph Robinette Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and former Vice President Michael Richard Pence. All the respondents have taken the required oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and as such, they are liable for consequences when they violate the oath of office. Oh, my God. What did they do? Respondents were properly warned and were requested to make an investigation into a highly covert, swift, and powerful enemy, as stated below, seeking to destroy the Constitution and the United States. Respondents purposely thwarted all efforts to investigate this, whereupon this enemy was not checked or investigated. Therefore, the respondents adhered to this enemy because of respondents' intentional refusal to investigate this enemy. Petitioner Roland J. Brunson brought this action against respondents because he was seriously personally damaged and violated by this action of respondents. And consequently, his actions unilaterally violated the rights of every citizen of the USA and perhaps the rights of every person living and all courts. Oh, what could he be talking about? On January 6, 2021, the 117th Congress held a proceeding and debate in Washington, D.C. This proceeding was for the purpose of counting votes under the 2020 presidential election for the president and vice president of the United States under Amendment um, 10 or uh, Amendment 12 during the proceeding for 100 members. During the proceeding, over 100 members of the U.S. Congress claimed factual evidence that they said the election was rigged. The refusal of the respondents to investigate this congressional claim is an act of treason. I'm not going to read any more because it's all bullshit, but you see what I'm getting at here. This guy is filing a lawsuit because Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, and all these other people didn't thoughtfully investigate the election fraud that was claimed by Donald Trump and all the other Trump lefucks. And because they didn't investigate it, these people feel he's they're liable, that they should be arrested for treason and probably give them money. Now, what they failed to talk about in this lawsuit is that as much as they say these respondents didn't investigate, they failed to remember that the claims of election fraud were taken to court 60-plus times and was taken to the Supreme Court, and no evidence was found. Not a shred of evidence was found. So this person doesn't even have a fucking claim. But there are still people running around going, oh, my God, what's going to happen on January 6th? What's going to happen with this case? Now, I am surprised that the... The uh, Supreme Court is going to hear this, but it's so ridiculous. Nothing's going to come out of it. That's why you're not hearing about it in the media. It's a fucking joke, and it will be put away very quickly. But still, there are people, Republicans especially, but some Democrats too, because they get caught up in the fear of it all. They listen to the rhetoric from the Republicans, and they believe that shit. 
this Brunson thing, do not worry about it. It's a fucking joke. They say the respondents didn't investigate legitimate claims of election fraud. Well, we know there was no election fraud. Nobody's been able to come up with a shred of evidence. It went to court 60 times, and it went to the fucking Supreme Court, and it didn't get accepted. So this case is not a big deal. Nothing's going to come out of it. It's a fucking joke. It's some country fucks that put together, got together with some country fuck lawyer, put this on there, and somehow got through the process. But it's not going anywhere. Do not worry about this bullshit. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you all for taking time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.